Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome, one and all. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Very kind, very nice. Welcome, everybody, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And all right, it's coming on. You feel that? Tangle, tangle. We gotta get it right back to where we started from here at the Ed Sullivan Theater, and it feels good to be back because I was out last week for uh, just a touch of the COVID. It was technically my third uh, bout of the COVID, so let me just uh, get my card out here. There you go. There you go. All right. There you go. Oh, I, I, I get a free hoagie that I can't taste. <laughs> but I am uh, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling good partly because I'm back on my feet, but mostly because Jim Jordan will not be Speaker of the House. <laughs> At this point, at this point, Jordan might have to go back to his previous job at the Museum of Natural History. <laughs> this is an historic humiliation for a man who will not be in the history books. He was undone, not by the usual MAGA bomb throwers. He was brought low by a coalition of Republican moderates, which shocked Jordan's supporters who had relied on the maxim, moderates always cave, a tale as old as time. <laughs> That, of course, is a, is a Disney reference, though I think Jordan prefers that song from Encanto. We don't talk about what happened at Ohio State. <laughs> now, as we say goodbye, Google it. Google it. As we say goodbye to the speaker of the nothing, Jim Jordan, we're <laughs> left exactly where we started 20 days ago. As former speaker Kevin McCarthy said, it's back to the drawing board. And I believe we have a picture of that drawing board. <laughs> They're faxed. They're fracked. Flaxed. So the House GOP has to go through the whole rigmarole again. This time, nine Republicans will battle for the top post. Tom Emmer from Minnesota, Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma, Jack Bergman from Michigan, Byron Donalds from Florida, Mike Johnson from Louisiana, Sam Nayman from Tennessee, Dan Marks from Wisconsin, Ben Warner from Georgia, and Ken Sherman from Pennsylvania. And I started making up names partway through that list. <laughs> and literally, no one knows when I did, including me. Here's the actual group of nine candidates. A uh, bit of a sausage caucus. <laughs> Here's a fun fact about one of the candidates Texas Congressman Pete Sessions is not related to former Senator Jeff Sessions, despite the shared name and identical resemblance. <laughs> so he's not so much a brother from another mother as an elf from another shelf. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make sense, but it rhymes. <laughs> it rhymes. That's all that matters. 
As of this taping, yes, as of this taping, is this true? We continue to have no speaker. We have no continue to have no speaker of the House. We know that the Republicans held a candidate forum today at 6.30 p.m. and that candidates are slated for two-minute speeches. Now, two minutes may seem short, but I know what I would say. Ladies and gentlemen of the GOP, I am not Jim Jordan. I yield my time. <laughs> now... One man who thinks he can get the votes is Oklahoma's Kevin Hearn, who believes he has what it takes because he used to run a fast food franchise. Well, I think what our, our members of our conference are looking for is somebody that's got a broader depth of leadership, something different. Uh, you know, I've, I spent 35 years in business working with probably with one of the largest brands in the world, in McDonald's. <laughs> Running McDonald's qualifies you to be second in line to the presidency. Ba-da-ba-ba-da. <laughs> I'm doubting that. <laughs> now, there's more. Mm. Mm. I could go. <laughs> I could go for some fries. <laughs> oh, there's, there's more uh, good news out there. Two of Trump's co-defendants have flipped on him. The first is Trump lawyer and aunt leaving a scathing Yelp review about the family barbecue, <laughs> Sidney Powell. Now, you, you may remember Sidney Powell. She pushed crazy conspiracy theories about how the ghost of Hugo Chavez rigged the 2020 election and, and promised to publish non-existence evidence of widespread fraud vowing to release the Kraken. <laughs> Turns out, in the end, it was less release the Kraken and more, I think she might be smoking the Kraken. <laughs> Powell was, wasn't known just for talking crazy. She was also known for writing stupid because her legal documents were notoriously littered with spelling errors, misplaced states, and client mix-up. In one case, the court was misidentified as the United States District Court, Northern District of Georgia, while in another, she referred to the Superior Court of Arizona. I'm not surprised she spells like that. I mean, she got her degree from Herbert Lau. <laughs> Herbert Lau. Kern, Herbert Beard. Kern, Herbert Beard. Powell uh, pleaded guilty, guilty to six counts of conspiracy related to her role in helping to carry out a breach of voting equipment in a rural Georgia county and will serve six years of probation. So she'll be able to go on with her normal life, wake up in her own bed, have breakfast in her own kitchen, and whisper to the coffee mug that the pancake griddle is taking orders from El Cartel de los Flapjacks. <laughs> Thank you. One... <laughs> one person. They say... They say if you can touch one person... <laughs> you really should touch more people than that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Pal was joined in the rat patrol by another Trump lawyer and guy thinking, oh, they mean jail, jail. <laughs> Kenneth Cheesebro. Now, to be fair, Cheesebro pronounces his name Chesbro. Also, to be fair, I do not care how he pronounces his name. <laughs> he is a guy from Wisconsin. He is a Cheesebro. <laughs> Cheesebro. 
Kenneth Cheesebro admitted he worked with Trump and other members of his inner circle to overturn the 2020 election by putting forward slates of fake Republican electors in multiple states that Trump lost. We should have known that Cheesebro was behind it all when the fake electors were named Rick Cotta, <laughs> Bibi Gouda, Monty Rajak, and Brie Larson. Now, that was worth it, baby. That one was worth it. That's a Brie Larson. Now, uh, Cheesebro and Powell are set to testify against Trump, and reportedly, that has shattered any sense of invincibility that the former president may be feeling. I would love to be there for that realization. Wait a second. You're saying I'm not invincible? So you can see me right now? And you know that I'm in the women's locker room? Of course, Trump kept calm and freaked out on Truth Social this weekend, claiming, Ms. Powell was not my attorney and never was. That is a bold claim, since he previously tweeted that she was one of his attorneys. Plus, there is a lot of footage of her with Rudy Giuliani seen here mid-leak. And no one, no one stands in the Giuliani splash zone pro bono. So, we caught him in a lie. Gotcha! Ha-ha! Now what? It's been a long time coming. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Aha. Uh -huh. We finally... We finally caught him in a lie. We got him dead to rights on an old fibberoni. My work is done here. Goodbye, America. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm being told this isn't the first time he's lied. Yes. <laughs> How many times has he lied at this point? Um, Tom, can we, can we check in with our lie-tracking intern? She's fine. She gets college credit. She's fine. <laughs> In the same post, Trump claimed that Powell was among the millions of people who thought that the 2020 presidential election was rigged and Stalin. <laughs> Looks like someone else went to Harvard Law. <laughs> oh, we have, a, we have an update on Trump betraying our country down at his Betraying Our Country Club. Recently... <laughs> We learned that after Trump left office, he shared nuclear submarine secrets with one Mar-a-Lago member, Australian billionaire and adult Ron Weasley that the police divers pulled from the river, <laughs> Anthony Pratt. Turns out, submarines were just a tiny part of what Trump blabbed to Pratt about, as we learned this weekend from 60 Minutes Australia. It's like American 60 Minutes, except the stopwatch goes the other way, <laughs> and it's hosted by Crocodile Stall. Now, Aussie 60 Minutes acquired secret recordings of Pratt in which he reveals that Trump also shared national security secrets while he was still president. In 2020, Trump told his billionaire buddy about a military strike in Iraq before Americans found out. I hadn't even heard it. It hadn't even been on the news yet. He said, I just bombed Iraq today. That was a top-secret mission. What was it like in the White House war room? Great idea, General, and that's not just your commander-in-chief talking. That's also some Australian guy I know. He loves it. I got him on speakerphone right now. Anthony, Anthony, say shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> they really talk that way. Say bloomin' onion. 
Pratt, well, I don't know if they talk that way. Pratt also described his bonkers exchange between Trump and his first lady. Melania, who was sitting next to him at dinner, he said, I asked Melania to walk around the pool in a bikini so all the other guys could get a look at what they were missing. Then Melania said back to him, I'll do that when you walk around with me in your bikini. Now, of course, Donald Trump did not put on a bikini and walk around, but I asked my graphics department to mock up a photo <laughs> of, of what that might look like. So let's check in with them. How's that photo going, guys? We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groff, and Lindsay Mendez. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, my guests tonight are the cast of the Broadway revival of Merrily We Roll Along. Please welcome to The Late Show, Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groff, and Lindsay Mendez. There you go. Jonathan, Daniel, Lindsay, thanks so much. Jonathan, uh, 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 Daniel, uh, welcome back. Nice to see you guys again. Lindsay, lovely to meet you for Thank the first you. time. Oh, my God. Do I understand pleasure. you were in this theater before with Dave? When I, here? Yes, yeah. yes. Many years ago, welcome I back. performed. Welcome back. fixed the place up a little bit. Yeah, it's right. lovely. It's yes. really, it really is. Well, thanks for coming across town from one Broadway theater to another. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited about seeing the show, but, but before we get into that, Daniel, congratulations. You, you have a, a baby boy. Yes. That's yeah, absolutely wonderful. Yeah. That's not wonderful. Okay. How do you how do you do eight shows? Because it's eight shows. It's Broadway yeah, schedule, yeah. right? Eight shows over six days and have an infant. How do you do those? I mean, two? it's you know, I never slept a lot to begin with, so like it's sort of it's tracked into that pretty well. Also, like it's honestly, I think it's more forgiving than a, like a filming schedule would be. Like I'm gone in the evenings when he's mostly you know in bed, and right. so I get to be there during the day when he's you know awake and alert. So and at yeah. least you know where you're going and what the hours are. Yeah, exactly. In films, you, you, you have no, no idea. No, it's pretty. There's, it's pretty steady. Like there's a lot that's that's kind of great about it. And uh, I, I understand you, you brought him to the picket line for this for yes. strike. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, you want to want to get him started young, and he just he honestly it was super loud, and we were worried about we have a pair of headphones for him, but we forgot them that day, um, so we were like, ah, oh, well, we're here now. Um, and there was a woman playing a snare drum, and trucks going by, and he just he had a great nap, he had a great time. He's yeah. a New York kid. He's a New York baby. Babies, yeah. they, they just shut down in the city. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, you know, merrily we roll along was the show that a rarity for Sondheim, and famously, it was a flop in, in 1981. How many performances originally? I think 16 performances. 16 past opening. They did yes. a lot of previews. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 16 past opening. And um, did, so it's been 42 years. Did y'all feel a fair amount of pressure bringing this back to Broadway for the first time in 42 years, you know, to, to serve the master? Yeah, you know, I think uh, when we first... 
started, we, we were like, oh, we're just excited to look at this again and be together. And then we found out that our run downtown sold out in eight minutes, I think. And Seriously? Like, yes. And I remember we, the three of us got together in rehearsal that first day. And we're like, oh my God, like people are coming and really want to see this. And they have an expectation and oh God, like we need to get this right. Like, what are we doing? Like, I, I think we got a little freaked out, but then as soon as we got into the material, it's so wonderful that it was like, it, it's just been an honor for us to get to look at it again. Jonathan, similar? <laughs> or do you want to say, do you, do you want to say something really cutting right now? <laughs> yeah. What do very you got? Very similar, no, very similar. Yeah. And like the, from the first time, the three of us were like in a room together and I felt this way, uh, I feel this way a lot when we're like the stress of even opening the show on Broadway that week of previews where the critics are there mm -hmm. and it's a very important time from this, for the show. Being interviewed by Stephen Colbert on Late Night. A lot night. of pressure. Yes. A lot of pressure. We have so much fun together and the joy and the love is so real. Well, here you are. That, there we are. There you are on stage yeah. enjoying yeah. the yeah. love and, and, and the yeah. joy. That that, like, somehow, even though it's 42 years later, it's a huge deal. It's this show back on Broadway after decades, the first time it being a flop. It means so much to us. But on top of all of it, we're just having the greatest time oh, together. Yeah. It's so much yeah. fun. Well, it, it, it is not a flop. The, the, these, are the, these are the early reviews. Merrily We Roll Along gets the stunning Broadway revival it deserves. Daniel Radcliffe's Merrily We Roll Along is as close to perfect as Broadway I'd like to take issue with that. It's, it's not mine. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind that's, of the, that's the USA Today, Daniel. Thank you, USA Today. That's in print. Mine, but Merrily you. We Roll Along review, infamous Sondheim flop is a smash. So, what is, so, so what's, what's, what's the difference? Why, why do you think this is speaking to audiences now that 42 years ago, it, it I don't just know. was received with a thud. I mean, it's interesting. When you talk to people about... The only version I've ever seen of this show was this production in London, like, ten years ago, and it was amazing. Like, I loved it, so I've never had the, like, oh, this is a problematic show relationship with it that other people have. When you hear people talk about other productions, they talk a lot about it being about the industry and success and failure and the trappings of, of success or celebrity. And those are themes in our show, but it's really just... We've always, I think, seen it as just, like, a show about these three friends and how hard it is to maintain friendships through life as people change. And it's a very, like, it, in that way, it's kind of a very universal story, and hopefully that's the thing that, that people are responding to, hopefully. We have to take a quick break, uh, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Jonathan Groff, Lindsay Mendez, and Daniel Radcliffe, everybody. <laughs> Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Stars of Merrily We Roll Along at the Hudson Theater here on Broadway. Lindsay Mendez, Daniel Radcliffe, and Jonathan Groff. It, it takes place in reverse chronological order, and you end up in your youngest selves, first coming to New York. Jonathan, do you remember when you first got here? Like, what was your first experience 
in New I York. I remember it so viscerally. There's there's a song called Opening Doors uh, that's at the end of the show, but is the beginning of the story when the three characters are just auditioning and trying to make it in the industry. I moved to New York at 19. I feel like you were also 19 when you moved to 18, New York. 18, yeah. yeah. And I remember going to try an audition for Broadway shows, but unless you're in the in the actors union, you have to you can't re- really like technically get seen. So showing up at six o'clock in the morning on a cold January day, sitting on the like sidewalk where like it's so cold that I can I remember feeling like my pants are too thin to sit here. Uh, my, like I'm feeling the cold go into my thighs. Sure. And I have to get a coat that's longer so I can sit on the coat to sit on the sidewalk to wait to sign up on a list to hopefully be seen to audition for a Broadway show with hundreds of other people. So yeah, that was that was how we started. Mm-hmm. And now we get to be on Broadway doing this show. It's Do you crazy. remember your early? I mean, it was it was the same for me, you know, waiting online. I I I remember, you know, being told quite a bit that, you know, I'm I'm Mexican and Jewish and people were like, well, we don't know where to put you. Like you can be in West Side Story, but like that's it. And I I West felt West Side fiddling on the roof. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. That was it. Um, but uh, I just I just remember like uh, not really feeling like I fit anywhere, but the theater was somewhere that I believed was, you know, I, I could find a place and um so I moved here and had big dreams and waited on long lines and a few people took chances on me and I'm still schlepping it out all these years later on the boards. It's, it's awesome. That. Do you have any pre-show rituals, Daniel? I mean, I have um, I have one very like fast patter song in the show, which I'm like obsessively running beforehand in a way that I think <laughs> it probably annoys people because it's constant. No. Uh, I also oh, like oh my God, sure, sure. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> wait, are I you also, saying that Stephen Sondheim like, has a fast patter <laughs> song wait, 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 in the wait. show? Um, and also, just I just get we have like. I get ready ridiculously early, probably unnecessarily early for the show. How early are we talking? I mean, like, I'm in my... I'm getting to costume 45 minutes before the show starts, um, which doesn't feel early, but Lindsay gets ready at a normal time. We're giving the three bears. Like, he's ready before half hour. I'm ready, like, right at about, like, five. And Jonathan Jonathan is running in from the street at places with a coffee, wanting to, like, talk about the day. Yeah. How do you do that? Wait, how do you do that? How is that a thing you can do? Yeah. I... I like to bring my day to the play. That's not, that's not a way of saying that. Just, because, that mean just because it rhymes, no, just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's not <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. My Drag process, him. right, my process, my very intense process is that I like to arrive at the theater. I like to talk to these. You like to be surprised to find yourself there. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> or I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Let's do a play. People are yeah. here. Yeah, it's truly, it's incredible. <laughs> we need to take another quick break. We'll be right back with Jonathan Groff, Lindsay Mendez, and Daniel Radcliffe, everybody. Call. 
calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week, we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The show is Merrily We Roll Along at the Hudson Theater here on Broadway. Lindsay Mendez, Daniel Radcliffe, and Jonathan Groff join me. Now, one, one thing that people, some people don't know about Broadway is like, oh, yeah, they're, they're on for six shows, the six nights, they do six shows. It's six nights, eight shows, as we said before. What's that schedule like? Are you all just sort of used to it at this point? Because... Great to work, but yeah. what, what's the eight shows like for you guys? I mean, you've done many of these. You've done many of these. Yeah. It's still really intense. And, you know, I, I think there are days where, you know, we're exhausted and we're, like, out there and singing, and you're like, wow, this... <clears throat> is she gonna is she gonna stay with me tonight? I don't know. Like, you know, I think, I think there are still um, surprises that, that happen, but I do feel like our bodies are kind of conditioned to yeah. doing it now. It's just, but... It is, it's not easy. Tuesday night, I did have to flip it to the hootie who. What is that? No, can you, you go further? <laughs> go further. I know, it, it almost rhymes. What is <laughs> That skip to the loo, my darling? We were in the recording studio all day on Monday, and then we got to the show on Tuesday night, and it was like, all right, let's do this. And we all love doing it, so yeah. that is a lot of, like, the energy that gets us going. Yeah. But then it got to our last number on the rooftop, oh, yeah. our time, and I was like, you know, sometimes when you're like, ah, and it's and just nothing's coming out. Vapor. Oh, yeah. So I had to just sort of like something I would normally be singing like ah. I was like ah, and I, I like flip it, it to, to the, the hoodie. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I became aware that that was happening, and and suddenly thought that what I. I didn't. I probably shouldn't have done this, but I was like, Johnson's singing very quietly. I'll sing four times as loud as <laughs> yes. I ever normally would. It was so generous. <laughs> but I don't think it was the right thing to do. I think we both just looked weird. But then when I came out, I pulled it back. Yes. And then you were well, like, as a, oh. Like, we have, we have a joke, but like, well, it's not even a joke at this point anymore. We talk about Lindsay as being the vocal captain of the show because yeah. there are moments when Lindsay, there's one specific moment where we all harmonize. I can tell that this happens, right? Oh, of course. Um, where Lindsay will, where if Jonathan is under the pitch, Lindsay will direct him with her eyes to be like, yellow, get up there, get up there, get up there. And when and when he nails it, she just like sends her go. eyes again and she's like, you're on it. Got it. Yeah. It's, yeah it's the last real... three shows she's been like, yeah, you've been on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you good. can actually <laughs> sing. Yeah. <laughs> well, the um uh, obviously this is a Stephen Sondheim musical, and there are millions Sondheim lovers out there. I had the great honor. Yes. I had the great 
I had the great honor of, of interviewing him three times and telling him what he meant to me, and I got to do a small part in company about a dozen years ago. And I'll just, I'll always be grateful for the, the, any of the time I got to spend with this, ma this master. What, what is y'all's first experience with Stephen Sondheim? Did you get a chance to work with him? Uh, yes, I actually got to work with him um, a few years ago on one of the first shows he ever wrote called Saturday Night. Um, we did a little production of it off-Broadway, and he came to every performance and sat on the step uh, at the back of the house and watched it and just, like, wept and laughed and really just took it for what it was, which was just this, like, joyous thing that he did in his 20s. You know, when I think about things I did in my 20s, I want to, like, die, but <laughs> for him... But that, in the 20s, is the character at the beginning of Merrily We Were All Alone. Yes, and he just loved it and appreciated it, and it was, it was so... It was just beautiful. It was, it was, yeah, perfect. Any pressure to be singing Sondheim in front of Stephen Sondheim? Are you kidding? Did you feel pressure? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to run my piece once with the New York Philharmonic before we opened. Oh my Whoa. And right before I opened my mouth, he came in and sat in the front row. That's terrible. I have flown with the Thunderbirds. I have gone down the uh, uh, Alpine, uh, uh, you know, uh, toboggan with the World Championship bobsled team. Nothing is as terrifying as trying to sing Sorry Grateful oh, for the God. first time. Oh, my God. Which, and none of the songs are easy. No. None of them are right. easy. No. The word <laughs> my pants gets thrown around around <laughs> the street all too loosely. <laughs> <laughs> Many things were loose that day. Wow. <laughs> uh, Merrily We Roll Along is playing at the Hudson Theater uh, through March uh, 24th. Daniel Radcliffe, Jonathan Groth, and Lindsay Mendez, thank you so much for being here, you guys. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost... Everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. 